Yeah, you are the name above all names. The king above all kings. And in this moment, God, we try to right-size how we see you. We as the created, you as the creator. Take a, a breath and breathe in Jesus and, and exhale. Jesus, we breathe you in. Spirit of God in this place, we breathe you in. good. Some of us find ourselves in places of not good, needing to confess that you are good, so that somehow that confession would seep into our hearts. So God, we trust you today to be good, to be our friend, our healer, our confidant. Jesus, it's your name that makes those things possible. Amen. Hey, take a seat wherever you are, and as you're doing so, if you could squish into the middle there. We, uh, we have a fun morning planned we're really excited about it and it's going to have some ups and some downs and I may stress you out at some point but just know that we'll we'll end up and then I, I don't know where we'll quite go because we've kind of given this morning to God to say hey here we are meet with us speak to us but I have a really high high to start us off so uh, there is a 93rd birthday in the room right now yeah 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 so Grandma Jenny, as we call her, is back here on the second to back row right there. And let's uh, just sing a happy birthday song to 93-year-old Grandma Jenny. I ain't going to need the band, not me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Grandma Jenny. Happy birthday. To you, yeah, it's awesome. So she's seen some things, right? So we, we need your wisdom, Grandma Jenny. Well, uh, we are excited to be together. My name, by the way, is Shibu Matthew. I'm one of the pastors here at Heartland, and so glad to be uh, here this morning. And, and here's the that was the high because so it's a roller coaster. So we're, we're headed down. But as we head down, we have a, a, a couple things. So first is, it's 2001. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, going to college. And uh, your campus post office box is a beloved place, no matter where, right? Because like, it's the place where you get cookies sent from home or 
whatever, you know, you get gifts at the CPO. And so uh, I go to the CPO and I open the combination and it has a slip that says, pick up your package. And so I go to the desk and pick up this monstrous package. It's this wide. It's like up to here. It's heavy. My roommate has to help me carry it up to the third floor. And I have no idea. I just know it's from Kelly, um, the uh, youth pastor that has sent me off uh, after uh, being in his youth group for many years. And so I, I open it and it is a compound bow and arrow. So I, I'm not a hunter, but now I realize Kelly's dreams for me because <laughs> Kelly is a hunter. And, and so thankfully, no, catch this. Kelly has sent a bow and arrow to a college campus. <laughs> yes. Just like, I'm like, so I go to my RA. I'm like, hey, Mike, I got a bow and arrow. I'm just telling you what's here. And he, he's a hunter. So he's like, oh, let's get that out. Let me show you how to do it. Uh, I lasted like 18 months in the hunting world because my wrist was blue from whatever and it just, I couldn't hack it. But packages are great to get, you know, and it's, cool. uh, it's with this uh, package anticipation that I get another slip in my post office box and we, we're now headed down. I'm just preparing you. So um, I take this slip to the lady at the desk and she gives me a package that's smaller than the bow and arrow, but it's got something in it, and I open it there, because you want to know there, and I see what it is, and I quickly, like, put it away, bury it in my book bag, and go to my room. It's a videotape. It's a videotape of a documentary. Uh, It's from my dad, and the documentary is Ted Bundy's um, Death Row Interview. We're low, remember, so I tried to prepare you for this. Ted Bundy's a serial killer that um, died on death row. And I'd seen this before, so I walked up to the third floor of my dorm room, and I opened the trash chute, and I threw it away. I didn't need to see it again. What it chronicles, though, is Ted Bundy's early exposure to pornography. Like as a child. The scriptures say that sin starts with the desire and when it is full grown gives birth to death. They gave birth to a lot of death in the life of Ted Bundy. And in this moment I knew my dad knew something that was in my darkness and now it was not in the darkness anymore. That I had a problem. I called him and he said, I don't remember what he said. I just remember him sobbing. I remember me sobbing and just saying, I'm sorry. God brings things out of darkness into the light so that we could experience spiritual and physical healing. That's why things come from the darkness into the light, because he wants to deal with them. He wants to say, hey, this is, was here, now it's here. Let's talk about it. We're going to look in the scriptures today, John chapter 5, at a man who had some darkness as well, uh, 38 years of physical darkness and some emotional darkness. Uh, and this passage is a strange one on many levels, uh, mainly because it involves the temple and a pool outside the temple. And this pool is some kind of 
mystical pool that swirls. On occasion, it just starts to swirl, and people have connected the dots between the swirling and healing. For whatever reason, the first person to get into the pool when this swirling happens gets healed. Number two, no bueno. Number one, right place at the right time. And so this, this story says that many people are gathered there. And let's just read this in John chapter 5. Hundreds of sick people were lying there on the porches, the paralyzed, the blind, and the crippled, all of them waiting for their healing. Waiting for their healing, just waiting for the waters to swirl. And we don't know, like, is this God? Is this the occult? We've discovered uh, archaeologists, have, archaeologists have discovered uh, uh, pagan Greek gods of healing statues near this pool, so we think that we just don't know. And we have lots of questions. It's like the worst advertisement for, like, if you think about Black Friday, people are still people, whether it's first century Jerusalem or, like, 2019, and, like, hundreds of people clamoring over each other, boxing each other out to get into the water. And so you have this moment where we don't know how often this happens, but the, the Black Friday ad would read, what? Healing. Cost-free. When? Watch the water. You know, it's just like, what is going on here? And so there's this man, and he's been sick for 38 years. Okay, 38 years. I'm 37. So, like, I don't know if he's been sick his whole life or if he's been sick, like, for years longer than that or if he's been alive longer than that. But it says this, that Jesus finds him and starts to speak with him. And here's what it says, John chapter 5, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him a question. Do you want to get well? Now, there's a lot of sarcastic responses that I can come up with. Well, yeah, Captain Obvious, I'd love to get better, you know? Or, gee golly, I didn't think to, like, think about that question, Jesus, and... This man um, has to now wrestle with this question. And, you know, there's a, a myriad of questions behind the question, do you want to get well? Because getting well is not just like a now you're better thing. This guy has a livelihood, right? He's got an identity built on being for 38 years an invalid, a social outcast. And there's the sense that he has to think about if he wants to get well. And Jesus wants him to think about, is this really what you want? Because it means leaving something behind. If I think about the man, he's got a great answer that we'll get to in a moment here. But if I think about me, I realize, do I want to get well? Because, to be honest, looking at pornography is much easier than not looking at it. This habit that had formed for me. And you can insert, like, your thing there, like, whatever it is. Like, it's just easier to keep the status quo than it is to be challenged and say, I'm going to live differently. Uh, it's easier for me to look at cheap intimacy instead of laying the foundation for a potential marriage someday, right? So do you want to get well? The question's just loaded with really good reflective things to ask of yourself. And so the question for you today is, do you want to get well? We are, we are whole people. We're not like spiritual beings. We're not physical beings. We're not like, 
We're not like slanted one way. We are whole beings with a physical self and a spiritual self. And, and so around here, we've been, we've been really growing fond of this prayer in the Old Testament from Second Chronicles. If you remember Seth teaching a few weeks ago, we, we talked about this passage, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I want to read it to you. This is God speaking, and God says this. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So when the darkness is happening, if my people will do something, then something else will happen. And Around here, that's been happening. I was gone for a couple months this fall just on a planned sabbatical, and I came back to kind of a different working environment where, like, people are regularly saying, like, sorry, I'm finding, like, people in prayer meetings with a, just this posture of just saying, God, our way, we're done with our way. God, your way. And there's this sense that, uh, that that's happening around here. And so... Like, follow the logic with me for Second Chronicles, that passage. We've been doing the repenting and turning from our wicked ways, and now we can kind of expect that God will forgive our sins and heal our land, heal your land, like your family, heal you, heal our city. Like, God wants to do those things. And it's not... We did the first half, and God has to do the second half. That's not it, okay? God is not a vending machine. We cannot do this to God. And so what today I want to describe to you is a land of healing that we're going to step into, but not like this is what it's going to look like. But we can just expect that God is good, and he's going to do this for us. Now, if I think about the moment in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the moment the video went down the trash chute and the phone call, I can think of a lot of ways to describe that moment. And they've been generally painful up until kind of recently. I've started to see that my dad, his kindness led me to a place of saying, I'm sorry. His kindness led me to repentance. Now, my dad's a great person, but he is a smidge great and good and forgiving like our Heavenly Father. Some of you didn't the dad who in his kindness called you to repentance. I'm sorry. In this moment, God in his kindness is now redeeming that. 
Friends, he's, he's calling you to repentance. And I, I know, I know in my knower that this is happening right now. The Spirit of God is saying, you come back. And so I, I want to invite you into that. I just want to say, come on back. This is for some of you who've been here for a long time. Some of you like showed up and today's your first Sunday. Well, God is calling you back. And, and I want to walk you through a prayer. And this prayer is something I'm going to read for you on the screen. I wrote it and uh, I'm going to let you read it with me. And then I'm going to call you to jump in and just say yes. You're going to stand where you are after we read this the first time so that you can connect with the words that are on the screen. But this is the prayer. God, I want to get well. I cannot do this life on my own. I confess that I need you. I trust that you sent Jesus to accomplish the forgiveness of all my sin, past, present, and future. I give my life to you. Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to call you to courage because some of you are ready. So just stand where you are if you want to pray that prayer. Yeah. 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 I'm going to read it slowly, line by line. And you just repeat out loud after me. God, I want to get well. I cannot do this life on my own. I confess that I need you. I trust that you sent Jesus to accomplish the forgiveness of all my sin. Past, present, and future. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well done. You can have a seat. I don't really care if that was your first time or your 15th time. I care a lot that you did that. That you put a stake in the ground and said, yeah, I believe that. About 3 a.m. on a Monday morning, so almost a week ago, I woke up with like, ask them if they want to get well. Like this moment in the service was here and I was asking you if you wanted to get well. And that was just me and waking up. And so I carried it to a few people and it started to grow. And I just said, hey, what do you think? Like, does God want to heal in this moment? And all week long from Monday to this moment, we've just had this growing anticipation that God wants to heal. And remember, we are like just whole people. So he cares about your spiritual 
heart. He cares about your physical heart. He wants to heal you. James chapter 5 says it this way. This is one of my um, most favorite passages in the Bible. It says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So we think God wants to heal. And so I'm going to invite you to come to the front and you can come to this side of the room under that screen you can come to this side of the room under that screen and you can come for two reasons the first one is you want to confess something and be forgiven and feel the healing that comes with confessing to another person that's the first reason you might have been a person who stood up you might have been a person who didn't stand up but that's what you can come for the second reason is this any ache or pain, big or small, whatever it is, if you have a physical issue of some kind, we want to pray for you. We want to ask God to heal your body. So the band's going to lead us in a couple songs. And I just, I just encourage you to stand up because once you stand up, the next step's coming. And then before you know it, you're going to find yourself in the aisle. And then before you know it, you're going to find yourself with a brother or sister down here. And they're going to be asking the God of heaven to release healing into your life. They're going to be asking God to release healing into your life. And it's going to happen. The Bible says that uh, if you have a mustard seed of faith, that can move mountains. So we will do this for a couple songs and invite you to come up and just stand and the rest will happen Uh, and then afterwards I want to I want to talk about healing kind of what happened and we'll reflect on it for a little bit but right now stand and come if you're ready and if you're if you can't think of something and you don't need the healing prayer right now or the confession please support the stuff happening in the room God's spirit is here and he's going to heal somebody he's going to forgive you let's go in this moment healing of heaven pouring out, being released onto our, onto you, onto our people. That's happening right now. And so if you're in line to be prayed for, please stay in the line. We will stay here as long as it takes to make sure that you get to be prayed for. Now this is, this we're out over our skis a little bit here in a, in a really beautiful way because we're depending on the Lord, right? trusting him to heal because he wants to and I I want to talk about that a little bit here but we're gonna let this keep happening on the sides of the room but if you're standing here you can have a seat where you are and I, I want to take you back to a hospital room that I was in about seven years ago and uh, I hadn't done a hospital visit before uh, and Dan Diebel was taking me along and uh, he was just gonna I was just gonna learn And this was a stage four uh, cancer situation. And it was our good friend, Mark Nelson. We're sitting with Jeff and Teresa, the son and daughter, and he just kind of, you have no words in that moment. And Dan just asks, 
a question. He says, I wonder what God's up to right now. I wonder what kind of healing God is up to right now. Is it healing on this side of eternity? Is it healing on that side? What, what does he want to do right now? And we, we leaned into that question and we prayed and Mark passed within a couple weeks. It was a gut punch for many of our community. It was this moment of like, what are you up to, God? And I found myself wanting God to be the vending machine. I wanted God to do the things I told him to do. And I was reminded of Jesus, our example, who had this same request of the Father. He wanted something and he asked for it. And it was the second to last day of his life. And this is what Matthew chapter 26 says. He said to his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. See, we're Westerners, we're American, we have microwaves. We want this to be in the microwave and come out hot. That's me too. That's us. But what that does is it kind of keeps, it depresses this theology of suffering that is really vital and essential to understand. Because for Jesus, glory, victory, and pain and suffering meet together. If I got everything I wanted for whenever I prayed for it, do you know what kind of person I would be? I would have never experienced any pain in my life ever. Ever, you know. And so now we wrestle. Some of you felt healing as you were prayed for, for that situation. Some of you felt it on the way back to your seat. Some of you felt absolutely nothing. Some of you were like, when's lunch? <laughs> All of that is super normal. All of that is normal. Remember, God is not a formula. We're not trying to crack the code. We're just trying to say, you said to ask, and so we're asking in the name of Jesus for healing. And so as we do it, we can trust the process. I heard, I heard the Lord say, hey, this is day one of a healing journey for, for many of us. One of my favorite authors is a, a guy named J. Todd Billings. He's a 30-something theologian with two kids under the age of five, and he has an incurable blood cancer. He wrote a phenomenal book called Rejoicing in Lament. If you're in one of these places asking God for some healing in an impossible situation, I'm gonna make it really easy for you. Read chapter seven. Here's what J. Todd Billings says about his wrestle with healing. He says, did I believe that God could bring complete healing even to an incurable cancer? Yes, in the sense that it would not be beyond God's power. But praying for healing for someone with a cancer like this is a little like praying for healing for someone who has lost a limb. 
God can provide healing, but it will be a different order of healing. Until the final restoration in the resurrection, prayers of healing in circumstances like this need to be paired with prayers of ongoing lament because nothing will turn back the clock. Even if my cancer completely disappeared and I had no detectable levels left, doctors would expect the cancer to return. Thus, even if I was miraculously and immediately cured, I would need to continue on maintenance chemotherapy for the rest of my life, along with cancer tests every three to six months. There would still be a deep loss. Consequently, if I were to pray that things would become like they were before my diagnosis, it would simply be an act of denial. Whether God provided healing now or over a long period of time or in final glory, there is no question that we can and should pray for healing, but not without lament. Billings would say that the Psalms are our companion, are our companion in moments like this, where we say, why God, why? With full anger, disgust, hatred even. You can say those things to God because God can handle your whys. And I would challenge you to say them to somebody else too so that you're not caught alone on an island asking God these why questions, but you do it with someone. But those prayers of lament at the same time meet in the middle with prayers for healing. And so, my friends, we're, we're becoming a kind of people and these are the moments that make us people not afraid to ask for healing and willing to risk saving face or risk whatever it is that might just ask God for healing because he wants to give it. We just don't get to be the ones, the arbiters of when and where that happens. So today, I know the roller coaster was like this and now we might feel here, but I want you to somehow leave with a lift, with the confidence that God has you. God has your family. God has your neighborhood. God has our city and healing, healing is happening. Healing is coming. So let me pray for us and then we'll head out. Father, we confess that we would rather be God, but that is what we lay down. The need for control, the need to manage the circumstances. And we say, we want to let you be God. So for all the prayers of healing that have gone forth, for the confessions of faith today, we say they're yours. We trust ourselves to a loving God. We follow the, the example of Jesus who can ask and yet say, I want your will. So give us strength for the journey, Father. For the things that we've asked for you to heal today, the depression, the anxiety, the alcoholism. We ask for those things to break in the name of Jesus and give us hope to keep praying these things. In your name, Jesus, we pray, amen.